This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to MK1 Podcast, your audio hub for everything Milton Keynes Dons. I'm one of your free guys, Liam, uh, alongside me tonight. We've got Ross, the only one of us that actually went to Jellingham on Saturday. So, Ross, how are you doing? Um, recovering from yesterday's NFL performance from the Ravens. But, yeah, it's been, it's been a good weekend and the start of the week for me. Yeah, let's not talk about the NFL this week. Uh, at least at least Tua came back with the X-rays negative for the foreseeable future, so he's not out for London games. But, but yeah, it's a terrible performance. Silver lining and all that. Well, yeah. Well, it's the thing. is, It's one loss, which we're always going to lose. Uh, hopefully, it's 15 more wins, but, yeah, terrible, terrible. Anyway, enough of the NFL. Um, our third co-host, Joe's here. Joe, how are you doing? Yeah, not bad, thank you. Not bad. It was, uh, yeah... Uh... A weekend away golfing for me so um yeah i was able to follow the game and uh typically as i said uh before the show i'm sure we'll win this one as i won't be there so uh i mean maybe i might have to stick away from uh stay away from more away games if this is going to happen yeah well it, it was almost too predictable wasn't it um but yeah i'll, I'll take the three points for sure and it was by sounds of it a really good performance and it's one we're going to get stuck into now uh 4-1 win um of course going one nil down i uh, seem to be going down or behind a lot in games so far this season, but you know, luckily the lads got the character and see to come back and absolutely smashing him in the end. You know, 84% possession, a ridiculous amount of shots, completely dominated him, really. Um, and we'll get on to certain topics in terms of you know what potentially changed the game or if it was just typical status quo for the Dons. Um, but I think it's a good place to start with Ross, considering you were there at Gillingham. Um, how'd you find the game in general? Um yeah, I, I thought it was a really entertaining game. Um, I, d- I don't know whether it was just because of it, it wasn't raining. Um, and the sun was actually out and we were in the stands. Um, but no, I felt in the first 15 minutes, um, w- it was quite a balanced game. And we are we were easing ourselves into it. And then um, out on the break, um, Jill's 
it went across the ball and I, I believe it deflected off um, O'Hora and it fell to Alex McDonald and um, pinpoint cross straight over to Madane um, Oliver and some of our fans questioned whether it was onside. I thought he was, he was actually onside um, and yeah, it was a couple of yards out and he's put it in the back of the net and one nil down within the first 20 minutes. It's not a great start and then I think from there on in, um, we controlled the game and I know it's a bit of a theme this season. We're going a goal to goal behind and then we start to play football. But literally from the moment we conceded, we looked so far the better team and we controlled it up to the red card, really. Um, playing a through ball to Troy Parrott, him getting taken down. Um, I believe it was a blatant yellow and both yellows from Stuart O'Keefe blatant at no matter what you think. Um, I'm sure Steve Evans was probably clutching at straws in his post-match. Um, and from such an experienced individual, someone like Stuart O'Keefe, it's a bit rash and he's got no... Um, he shouldn't be complaining about that for sure. Um, but as for the penalty, cracking save from coming. I felt... Well, I didn't feel sorry for him, but when a keeper makes that sort of save and then you tap in the rebound, you're, you've got to feel, well... If it was for us, it'd be like, well, unlucky. But yeah, Twine slotted it away nicely. And then we had a bit of momentum. And I think Jill's tried to change his shape, um, bringing on Reeves. Um, and I can't remember the other substitute. And um, yeah, it was just in our favour. And it was supply and build-up play between Boateng, Matt O'Reilly and Kioso. And yeah, Kioso's finished. Just reminded me of the um, Boateng's finish at Cheltenham away in the roof of the net. And then, um, yeah, the frustrated Jules fans started giving him <laughs> a lift. <laughs> I'm not sure if it was Kyoso winding them up. Um, oh, I think it was, yeah. <laughs> I, I think it might have been. I didn't want to, didn't want to point, pinpoint them out. But, um, yeah, we went into, um, two, we went into half-time, 2-1 up with um, our tails up. And then, obviously... Going into the second half against 10 men, you, you'd like to think that we'd ease to victory. And I know it's easier said than done because a lot of teams going to 11 men behind the ball, all in their own area, and it's actually quite hard to break down. But we took our time. We made Jill's work, um, tied them, tried to create spaces. And then um, we got a deflected parrot own goal, across uh, own goal from... Um, I believe it was Max Elmer. I believe I might be wrong. Um, and then obviously Max Waters rounding off the afternoon in fine style. Um, but I felt the win overall. I, f I felt we should be winning these sort of games, but I think it was just down to our history at the Priestfield Stadium. Um, obviously, it's just nice to win there. I, I believe it's two wins and nine now. So yeah, it's about time we got our win and. Um, if we are serious about our ambitions this season, we've got to be winning games like this. Yeah, it seems to be. Whenever we win at Gillingham, it's always like a big result because obviously the, the first time it was when we were uh, attempting to stay up in League One from George Williams. And of course, the second time, it was uh, on Saturday where, you know, who knows, could be could be high up there come May, which would be nice. Um, by the sounds of it, it's a really good performance. Um, could have been more than 4-1, but also could have been less. I was Gillingham had their fair few chances themselves and 
you know, despite being down to 10 men, you know, I think I think Don's tried to get him a few chances and be a bit complacent, but, you know, end of the day, Fish was there and did his job as usual. Um, Joe, from being a, an outsider's affected, not being at the game, uh, how did you find it on Saturday? Yeah, um, I mean, it, it, it kind of seemed the first 20 minutes as it normally would at Jill's that we, we, we seemed to be doing okay. Um, and and invariably, they would be having their moments because, like we mentioned before, that they do carry a threat. And, uh, you know, of course, it came in the form of a cross into the box and Dane Oliver scoring. Um, but I think, you know, if you look at the rest of the game, it, it was pretty much us. And obviously, you know, the sending off did help that. Um, but it's it's only that sending off only came because of how how we played and us. You know, I think someone was saying Scott Twine get got got in uh, Stuart O'Keefe's head a little bit there. So, uh, yeah, you, you got to take it. And you know, ten shots on target. So we weren't just having shots; we were making sure we were working the keeper. And also, you know, it sounds like um, early in the second half we had to weather a bit of a storm. And it sounds like we did that pretty capably without too many problems. Um, fish with a couple of decent and decent saves. Um, so, yeah, and then I think it's all about just biding your time because at that point we had the lead. So there's no point going gung, gung-ho and hell for leather and being stupid about it. It's about managing the game, seeing it out, and then when you, your chances come, just making sure you take them. And, uh, yeah, I mean, 4-1 in the end, it looks pretty comfortable. And um, I think we've got now got the second... Well, I mean, it's early days. I think we've got the second best away form in the league and third in the league, third in the table over. Rule so early days though. That's an asterisk. I'll asterisk that. Yeah, and I mean, I know it's the early days, but we've gone to some pretty tough away days. You know, Ipswich, of course, Gillingham, which on paper isn't a tough away day, but for us it is. Um, and there's plenty more to come, of course. Uh, Doncaster coming up, who starting to pick up some form now. Finally got the first one of the season. Well, I think so they're unbeaten in eleven at home. So, well, there you I go. Think then, it was something like yeah. That. yeah, yeah. So you know, that's uh, some going to be fair. Yeah, well, I mean, it's, it was even bigger result for us, really, wasn't it? Of course, Ross sort of re- reiterated our record there. It's been it's been pretty abysmal, uh, but we, we tend and to win there when it matters. Win how many months? Oof, yeah, God knows. I don't, I don't think how long. Um, but yeah, hopefully, hopefully the first of many for sure. Um, Ross, a, a question for you because obviously you were at the game, and I don't know stats can only tell you so much realistically. Oh, Stuart Keith did get sent off early on in the game, fairly stupidly, on all the counts, but. From, from our perspective, he's doing a favour as a former Don. Um, how much did it actually change the game like in terms of the actual landscape? Because by the sounds of it, Don's seemed fairly on top of it, despite the goal going in. Well, the reason why, obviously, Joe highlighted it quite a bit about Twine getting in behind. I think that was the reason why Stuart O'Keefe was so like um, rash with the challenges because of Twine. He, got, he outdone him on several occasions. And I think it was a bit of frustration on how easy uh, Twine was getting past O'Keefe at certain points. And then, obviously, Parrot, we know what he likes to do. He likes getting behind. He likes to hold the ball up. And you saw exactly what he'd done, done there. He got in behind his man. And he's just t- he's not even looked where the ball is. He's just saw Parrot's going to get there before me. And he's going to be one-on-one with the goalkeeper. So he's made an absolutely foul attempt of trying to drag his drag his arms man and um, he hasn't got away with it at the end of the day but yes I do feel like it changed the game um, completely we wouldn't have had as much possession for sure I felt 
in the second half, especially, there was about 10 minutes where um, Gillian were really starting to knock on the door. But we didn't really like, look like we were conceding. Um, but yeah, overall, the red card definitely did change the game in the, in the terms of how much possession we had in that second half. And I think, as I said earlier, we worn them down so much to the point where they were leaving spaces and Kyoso and Harvey were still overlapping, still doing their own bit. And I think they just ran out of gas in the end and it just paid dividend, really. Yeah, say say we were way off on our possession predictions from the previous episode. I think it was 65, 66, 67. Uh, like I, that, yeah. I, yeah, admittedly, the game got, I said, changed a fair bit with sending off. But yeah, to get 84% possession is a bit ridiculous, to be honest. And definitely we'll see that again this season. You mentioned about uh, breaking them down, Ross, and a player that I thought, just based off the stats alone and the highlights that I've seen, Matt O'Reilly was one of the key, once again, one of the key contributors to breaking that Gillingham side down. You know, looking at 95.9% passing accuracy from like 117 passes, something stupid like that. Uh, you know, 10 long balls going to Don's player out of 12, winning his ground jewels all over the pitch in terms of the heat map. Joe, from I'm sure from what you've seen, Matt Riley stands out to you as well. Absolutely. And I'll tell you one thing as well. I'm almost a little bit, um, I feel a little bit gutted for Matt O'Reilly. And it, it goes to show that the, maybe the stat, um, assist stat isn't all it's cracked up to be because he's the one that plays a beautiful through ball for that penalty, which then gets given. He's also the one that plays a beautiful through ball to Troy Parrott, whose shot is uh, apparently diverted in. Um, but I think I think Troy Parrott will be uh, trying to claim that one, and rightly so. Um, and then obviously he got the assist for the uh, ah the Pete Kioso goal. Um, so yeah, I think you know in in really he Matt O'Reilly was one pretty much the main reason for three of those goals, and you can't really just see that in the numbers. And I think it's just you know I'm, I've said it I said it before, but. Our midfielders having more touches and passes than our defenders can only be a good thing because at the end of the day, it's good to have in possession and good keeping it, but the people that are further up the pitch are the ones that are going to be making the difference. And, I mean, the two best players in terms of productivity were probably Matt O'Reilly and Scott Twine on the day. And, you know, they're two of you have more forward-thinking players. So to get them the ball as much as possible, it's, you know, it's got to be a good thing. I mean, yes, again, it does help that when the opposition has sat back so so much. But, you know, it's one thing having the ball, but it's another thing to actually be able to deliver. And, um, you know, that could have easily been not not so much a banana, well, yeah, a banana skin really for us. But it seemed, you know, really quite professional. And I bet I, I can only imagine that at times we just, you know, passed the ball about, tired them out and then just waited for our moments and waited for the chances to come because we, you know, we, we probably backed our ability and knew that they would come. So I, I think it just helps when you've got people like Matt O'Reilly and Ethan Robson in there controlling and dictating the game, then 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 it makes your life a lot easier. Yeah, and that's one of the main benefits with playing with purpose, isn't it? As, as Liam Manning would put it, you know, instead of... You know, and the Russell Martin would be you know, passing it to uh, Warren Hora a hundred times in the game. And yes, he'd keep the ball, but ultimately, what we're doing with that possession. Whereas, you know, Ross with the likes of, you know, Scott Twine, Matt O'Reilly, um, even Ethan Robson at times. And when and Joshua Ketcher, when he's on the pitch, you know, we're actually making direct passes, but also progressive ones that are breaking those lines and 
ultimately when it comes to teams like Wickham on Saturday, which we got into later, breaking that block down. A hundred percent. And I think that just goes to show, um, I believe I saw a stat the other day, um, just a minute ago, um, we've scored in every game this season. And it, it shows because of, as you say, Liam, the amount of uh, progressive passes we're making up the pitch is just a joke at the moment. And I know, I just wanted to touch upon Matt O'Reilly, especially on these stats and everything you see, you don't see the little scoop turns. You don't see these little nutmegs he does. And yes, it's, it's all part of football, but it's, it's such a, it's such a positive in, in the game because of obviously that, that little nutmegs can progress you so much further up the pitch or you can dribble that extra 10 yards and you can play, or you can play through someone. I just feel that's a under, very underrated skill in the game and, Considering Matt O'Reilly's so young as well, and he's doing that already at this level, it's outrageous if you ask me. Yeah, and I'm sure there'll be more, more and more teams watching every single game he plays. So uh, embrace, embrace sales. For, yeah, hopefully not, but brace sales for January just in case, because you never know what could happen. Um, of course, two players got their first goal of the season against Chilling on Saturday. Uh, the previous mentioned Kyoso and Waters. Uh, I want to highlight Kyoso purely because uh, Matt, who featured on the channel for the preview, highlighted Kyoso as his sort of player of the match from a Don's perspective. Um, and from from everything I've seen so far of the game, Kyoso is absolutely immense on that right-hand side and really tortured the whole defence, quite frankly, the whole game, especially after the sending off and, of course, getting his goal. Um, Joe, I mean, we wanted to see a bit more of Kyoso's attacking intent and this is kind of perfect game too, that wasn't it really in the end. Oh, well, yeah, well, I mean, just looking at his heat map, he almost looked like a, a, a right winger at times. And God, you, he, he certainly looked like a winger with how he um, he absolutely spun that defender for the goal. It was an absolutely beautiful team goal as well. I think, you know, really fast, crisp passing. And the it's, it's movement off the ball. And that's one thing I've been so impressed with. And I think it's, it's Troy Parrott that does lead this. It's just... It's not just people making runs off the ball. It's people sprinting. It's people getting into the box and committing. And, you know, it's forcing defenders to make a choice. And as a result, you know, we're able to get into some of these positions. And it's a hell of a finish. You know, sometimes they say, oh, you know, place it and, in, you know, go for the corners. Or if you pick, you know, so just smash it as hard as you can straight at the goalkeeper and, and he can't do anything about it. Um, so, yeah, really, really happy for him. He's... You know, in his first game that he uh, started, he basically saved us a goal. And in this game, he's uh, scored another goal. So, uh, yeah, it's, uh, you know, we were quite excited when we saw this signing happen. Um, I think mainly, not maybe necessarily not for his all-out attacking ability, but more just his athleticism and his, you know, his recovery pace, defending-wise, etc. But, yeah, he's, he's looking to be quite accomplished going forward as well as... Uh, you know, get, getting up and down the wings. So, uh, yeah, looking forward to see what else is to come from from Peter. Yeah, yeah, very impressive so far. Certainly making his, uh, trying to stamp his place, I should say, sorry, in that right wing-back spot. I've tried to go with that with Tanai Watson, who I'm sure, you know, both both players are playing really well at the moment, so it's nice to have that competition. Of course, uh, Max Watson's got off the mark also, you know, making it 3-1 in the beer bets, finally in action on that. Uh, he should have got more, to be honest, Max, based on the highlights that I saw. Missed two big chances as well as scoring his goal. Um, you know, pretty impressive cameo appearance, right, Ross, in terms of what he did in the, I think it was the first or so minutes that he did come on for. Yeah, he done exactly what um, 
Troy Parrott was doing in the first half. He was just getting in behind. Um, when they did play, spray a long ball in behind, he was getting on the end of it. And I think he was just making the Julian back line more stretched, if anything. And it played into our hands because it allowed Twining to do his own job and Harvey and Kioso to overlap or deny at the time. And yeah, I, th- I, th- I think with Waters, obviously, he's only just came back and he's trying to get his sh- match sharpness back. And I think in the next couple of weeks, obviously, with Mo coming back also, he's going to have massive competition to fight for his place. And um, it's going to be interesting to see how it all plans out for sure. Yeah, and you know this this next month or so is pretty crucial, realistically. I mean, obviously we've got the Christmas period coming up and things like that. It gets all a bit congested, but coming up to Saturday, we've got I think it's nine games in a month's time. Uh, at least some of those EFL Cup games, but they still count. Um, so yeah, as Manning always says, you know the squads can be put through the work essentially, and we're going to really see really see some players get some more minutes, maybe haven't done previously at the start of the season. Um, so yeah, it's, it's going to be a fun time watching Don seeing all his games, but also you know players need to step up and I think this will be a real test to the side to which they're probably not going to have many you know three or four training sessions before games uh, to get going for the week instead of probably like one or two training sessions Yeah uh, just quickly on Max Waters as well I think a couple of uh, we mentioned about last week he went through and he shot early when he was basically through and then today um, sorry not today on Saturday he, um, he missed his initial shot and then had to, you know, put in the rebound. So I think that sort of stuff, it's just match sharpness. As I say, it's just, you know, the minutes are valuable. And um, I think the more and more he's, he's playing and getting used to the, back in the mode of playing, because you've got to remember as well, he, I don't think he played much at all from January onwards. Um, so, so it's, uh, you know, it's been a fairly longish time about regular football for him. So, yeah, I think... Um, I mean, he's he's already looking pretty good, but I think you know, just give him a little bit more time, and uh, hopefully, we'll see a bit more clinical, a uh, bit more of a clinical side from him as well. Yeah, definitely. I'm sure we'll get minutes against Wickham, which, because by sounds it, Mo's going to be a few weeks away yet. Hopefully, ready for the ASC game alongside uh, David Kasumu, uh, which would be nice to see both of them back in action. So yeah, Max has definitely got a few weeks left before you know the cavalry comes back and he can make his impression on the Don side for sure. Okay, well, before we get into Saturday's game against Wickham, make sure you get your tickets ready for the AC Wimbledon game on the 9th of October. It's going to be a really, really good game. It always creates great memories, these types of games, and the, and the Don's action lads have been sharing those throughout the week. You know, we'll all be there. We'll be in Block 11. So if you don't see us there, make sure you get into the ground and support the boys. It's going to be a really crucial game at home and hopefully keep this form going. Okay, we'll take a short little break and then we'll get stuck into our Wickham preview. podcast is a proud member of the fan hub 100 football without fans is nothing so we've partnered with fan hub to put fans first search fan hub app to play your part in the journey next up for the dons is wickham at home back at stadium mk looking to maintain our two clean sheets in a row and two wins in a row of course um Wickham had a pretty good start to the season, to say the least only lost the one game this season and a bit like us that was against sutherland also uh, beating at home this season only lost the one game away of course against Sunderland but the rest of the time they've picked up points uh, beating teams like Charlton who we also beat 
Uh, getting a really good result against Lincoln, uh, of course, playing Cheltenham, beating Action Sandley. So, to be fair, they've, they've played pretty similar teams to us and beaten them. Um, in terms of some of their like, top scorers, uh, McCleary is pretty much standout. The former Reading man's got four goals this season in League One so far. Uh, Sam Vogt's also coming from the Championships, he's got two goals. Of course, a lot of these signings have been, have been assisted by their new owners, the American owners, who have you know helped out a lot. And Ainsworth is a talented manager. So, they're a good team that's do well this season. Of course, I predicted them to do well this season. I think I had them to get promoted actually, and they've had they've certainly made a, a good start to achieving that. Um, but of course, the Dons are looking to top that and maintain their good start to the season. And uh, Joe, I believe you take us through a few stats that out to you regarding the Wickham. So, uh, take it away. Yeah, I think, um, there's a, a, a lot of the time Wigan get sort of tired with the brush that they're a long ball team, they're a direct team, and that is true to a certain extent. And but the thing is, they're they're not just a hit and hope team. They do it with you know almost like us with with purpose. And they're not just uh, you know they're not hit and hope merchants. They're much more than that. And they've got the quality to to really hurt us. Um, so in terms of shots per game that they take, um, they average uh, that their average shots per game is the fifth highest in the league, and the Dons is the third. So I'd expect uh, quite a few shots uh, from both teams on on a Saturday. In terms of possession, well, I think it's, you know, everyone can uh, probably guess it's polar opposites. Uh, 23rd place in the league for Wickham and first position for the Dons. In terms of pass accuracy, it paints a similar story. Uh, Wickham are the worst in the league, whereas Dons are, Dons, the Dons top that table. Uh, and also in terms of aerials, and this could be a quite a key area, aerial duels won, Wickham a third in the league and uh, Dons are down in 24th for that as well. Um, but, you know, as I said about Wickham, they're not just, uh, you know, a hit and hope team. They've got the second highest proportion of their shots in the six-yard box. So you're not going to see them just trying their luck from 30, 40 yards all the time. They're going to be working it into good areas and being able to create good chances. So that's just something we've really got to look for, both from open play and from set pieces. Um, both us and Wickham have got fairly good uh, records in terms of how many shots we're actually giving up. It's We've got the fourth and fifth least shots uh, conceded in the league, which, uh, you know, I think shows that both teams are dangerous going forward, but they're fairly solid at the back too. Um, in terms of uh, the expected goals from open play, uh, Don's top that table um, in terms of creating chances from open play and Wickham are around mid-table for that, but Wickham um, also are above uh, Don's when it comes to uh, set-piece set uh, uh, chances created. Uh, this one, which I found quite interesting, uh, the number of 10-plus uh, pass sequences. So the number of sequences, which have had 10 or more passes. Um, Don's have had 84 in the season. Uh, Wickham have had three. So I think that tells you about whether or not Wickham are going to be uh, passing it around the defence. Uh, nope, I do not think so. Um, but yeah, just, just, just to, you know, to summarise, it is a clash of two styles, but the way Wickham play, they're direct, but they're fast as well. So they're not going to, you know, they're not just going to play long balls for the sake of it or to get out of trouble. They're playing them to the dangerous men like Gareth McLeary, Sam Vogt, um, and they've, but they've got real quality. They've got people like Joe Jacobson who can put a ball on a sixpence. And, you know, we can see that from, you know, just losing the one game this season, um, and they have actually had quite a few tough fixtures, that they're no mugs. And it's, you know, I, I don't think that they're, they're a team that has many off days at all. So just to get a, a draw, you're going to have to be at least give them as good as they get. Um, 
so yeah, I think we've seen that we have dealt with uh, teams like this quite well. Um, but I think in terms of um, in terms of style, they might be fairly similar to the likes of Gillingham or Burton. But I think the the quality they've got is a lot higher, and Rosters is going to just uh, run us through some of those uh, quality players that they do have. Yeah, um, the first one I just wanted to highlight was uh, Gareth McCleary, as you say, Jay. Um, Liam mentioned he had four goals. He's 34. Um, again, he's quick. And as Joe mentioned, how we can play direct, he'll be running either through the channel or he'll have the ball at his feet. And I noticed um, in his last game, he had six crosses. So it'll be interesting to see um, with obviously Sam Vokes, um, you've got the likes of uh, Horgan also up there, two big players, physical. Um, if they get the service in the box, it'll be interesting to see how we actually cope with that. Um, and another player I wanted to highlight was Joe Jacobson, uh, the left back. Common trend of Wickham's is actually experience. I, I believe their average age is 30.7, and I believe ours is 23. And if you compare that in fine, fine shape, um, Joe Jacobson's got over 317 caps for Wickham, so he knows he knows the ins and outs of the game, and um, he's one of the Wickham's most consistent players. Um, and his stats prove that winning 69% ground duels a season, he's averaging three tackles per game, and he's averaging just over um, three interceptions per game as well. So it will be interesting to see how he copes with Kyoso down that right hand side. And I'm sure Kyoso won't shy from away from it, sure. Lovely, sir. Thanks, you both, gents. Um, a quick question I had based off all that. Joe, I know you mentioned how the style of uh, Wicker may be similar to a Gillingham or a Burton. How do you feel it compares to Atkinson, who already played this season? Because I know we're looking at stats itself and the direct speed stat, which sort of quickly says how quickly a team gets a full uh, field, how quickly they do that. You know, Atkinson are above... Uh, Wickham in the highest in division with 2.41 compared to Wickham 2.15. So do you feel they're more similar to an Accrington or do you, do you feel that, you know, it'd be more what we've seen on Saturday regarding Gillingham in terms of how direct they might be? Well, yeah, I think it's actually, you know, you mentioned that direct speed quote. Well, Burton a third in the league and Gillingham a fifth in the league. And then, and then you've got Accrington and Wickham first and second. So I think it's a combination of the, of them. And I think, um, you know, as we said, I said with Gillingham in the preview, there's nothing wrong with that because, at the end of the day, it's how it's it's their their method of getting results. And I think um, Ross mentioned as well about the experience. And when you've got people like, you know, really experienced players like Tafazoli and Tafazoli and uh, Anthony Stewart at centre back with David Stockdale, who's 36, you know, that's a real pretty solid, you know, almost a, a trio of of defensive players. And uh, depending on whether they go four at the back or, or five at the back, you've got Joe Jacobson who may be at left back or even left centre back. And I, I think it's almost you look at Louis um, when he we converted him to a left centre back. It almost it gives him a bit more leeway, um, give a bit more protection as, um, to to actually be able to play, um, it's not be exposed as much on the counter attack, which I think is somewhere that we could hurt Wickham if they do commit too many men forward. Um, another thing just to note as well is that Wickham do have quite a few nice uh, young players that they'll be able to bring off the bench. Someone like Silly Kai Kai, who I believe was at Blackpool last year. He was, yeah. Um, 
Brandon Hanlon, um, formerly of Gillingham and Bristol Rovers. He may not be the most clinical player, but he's a, he's a handful in his pace. And everyone knows about... Oh, I mean, I don't know how the bloke's still going, but fair play to him. And I'm sure he's going to just cause mayhem if he does get an opportunity to come to come on. So, um, you know, they are a dangerous team and to dismiss, you know, dismiss them at your, at your peril. Yeah, I wouldn't have minded uh, Kai Kai and Hannon Dons, to be honest. Uh, been a bit of Hannon for a long time. And Kai Kai is a player who tormented us last season on both occasions, home and away. Yeah, so some, certainly some uh, shrewd signings this summer from the American lot over at Wickham and, of course, um, the manager there. Um, it's depth they've never really had before, is it? isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, you know, that's typically, you know, most promotion sides do have that depth and they do clearly based on the results seen so far this season there. And like us, they've got a pretty strong record at home so far, as I mentioned, and beaten. So, you know, pretty similar Similar outputs this season so far. So it'll be interesting to see how the two teams fare on Saturday. It is worth noting also that um, Wickham are in Manchester uh, Tuesday night, take on Man City. So, you know, big cup day for a midweek could put them off a little bit. Coming to Milton Keynes on Saturday could uh, give us a chance to get three points. But... Similar teams as well. Yeah, yeah, That's similar teams, City. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, it definitely tells of possession anyway, oh, I'm sure on the night. <laughs> it'll be a good dress rehearsal for them. Exactly, yeah. Before the big one on Saturday. Speaking of the big game Saturday, let's get on to our uh, fan hub lineup for score predictions, gents. Uh, as always, uh, get your lineup switched on fan hub for the game on Saturday. You know, you can check it at the ground, uh, earn yourself some fan shares, get the fan rating leaderboard for the Dons and yourself. And hopefully by the end of the month, which is coming close now, uh, get yourself some Dons tickets to use in the foreseeable future. So, Ross, what is your starting lineup looking like for Dons on Saturday? So I've gone boring and I've got unchanged. I just feel, obviously, why change a side which has scored five goals in two games? And yes, par the switch off uh, for Verdane Oliver's goal. We should have really kept two clean sheets also. Um, I just feel if you were to change your side, you might be kicking out the momentum in the side. I, I do feel like the, the, that starting eleven, especially until the likes of Isa and that come along and Kasumu are back and ready. There's no reason for us to change the formation. We're creating so much and defensively we, we look solid. So, yeah, I'm, I've gone boring and unchanged. Okay, I can't I can't really blame you for that, to be honest. Um, Joe, have you gone unchanged or have you started to make a few changes? Um, I've gone unchanged, but I've gone unchanged from what my prediction was last week. Um, so, uh, to remind listeners, um, I've gone for fishing goal. Um, I've gone for Warren O'Hara, Harry Darling, and Dean Lewington. I've then gone for Peter Chioso and Dan Harvey. I think Chioso just, you know, his um, his physical presence, I think, is going to be something that's really, really needed in in the game on um, on Saturday. Um, and then I've gone, you know, Matt O'Reilly and Ethan Robson shoring things up in the middle. And then I've gone for Scott Twine and Troy Parrott and Max Waters. Um, I think as well, one thing that I did notice when Isa was playing was that it, not, it wasn't necessarily Isa and Parrott up front. Parrott were almost was, almost was sort of top of the box, sort of. And he did get back and graft quite a lot 
a lot of time it was Issa who was maybe the, the one that was a bit further forward. So I think, you know, if maybe if you know we play Max Waters, what Max Waters is the one up front doing all the chasing with, along with Troy Parrott. I think that you know putting pressure on these Wickham players, it's gonna it's gonna be helpful. And um, you know, if we win the ball back early, we will be able to get those counter attacks against that you know the, that experienced back line, which could potentially be where we where we can really hurt them. Okay, and of course, with the game against Fleetwood also on the midweek coming up after this uh, Wickham game, it's could be quite interesting in terms of who's starting, maybe rest some players of the Fleetwood game. You know, who knows? Who knows what Ian Manners thinking? Yeah, I've gotten changed uh, from Gillingham. I think uh, I think a physical presence like Haram and Kyoso, like Joey said, are going to be needed for this one. I could definitely see Haram, you know, starting for 60 minutes and bring Waters on as an impact seven, uh, hopefully having the same impact he had on Saturday. I could, I think with Fleetwood coming up on Tuesday, I think the likes of Watson, Waters, McEachern potentially also coming on Tuesday to get the fresh legs in that midfield and the defence and attack. Um, but for now, I'm, I'm pretty confident Manning will go either unchanged or maybe one change at the most, uh, just to keep momentum going as he as he emphasised his interview. And uh, yeah, hopefully you'll have three points. I've got a question for you two, because you've both gone with Boateng to start. Do you think that Boateng or Waters would make a bigger impression from the bench in this game? So say you had, say it was 70 minutes and it was one all. Ignore ignore the first 70 minutes. Who would you rather bring on at 70 minutes? Because for me, I think Hiram would make the bigger impact. And I, uh, I think Waters, because of you've got old, old legs at their back and... Waters is going to run in behind and he's going to stretch him. And I just feel that's destined for someone like Troy Parrott or Twiney to to break into the box. And personally, I just feel we can stretch him a bit that extra bit more if we've got Waters. I feel Boateng, yes, he's a physical presence, but he hasn't got the pace, has he? He's, he's more of a technical person at, at feet. And I just feel with Wickham, they're, they're comfortable to sit in their shape. But if we stretch them and get try and get them out of that shape, bring Waters on, I just feel we might have a bit of success late on with it. I think it. Okay. I think it all. Okay. I think it all depends how the game goes, right? If we're if we're ahead, then probably Hiram, right? Um, but if we're behind or drawing, which I think drawing could very well be the case on Saturday, and see if to my score prediction, perhaps you know you're probably looking at Waters and. It, Admittedly, yes, he came on against Gillingham and did pretty well in a winning situation. But it was, a, I think, that was a unique circumstance that he might not see again this season. Whereas, I think Saturday, you know, as Ross mentioned, he could have the extra bit of pace. We could go two up front potentially, or he could just literally replace Haram and, you know, have that pace in behind and you know create some chances for either him, uh, Troy, Twiney, or anyone else that's on the pitch. So, yeah, I'd probably say uh, what is but it, it all depends on the game realistically and how it's planned out for the first 70 minutes realistically. Okay. You haven't quite won me round, but uh, I, I, I'll, uh, I respect your arguments and I can see where you're coming from. So, yeah, I think it does depend on the game. You're right. Yeah, so on to my score prediction. I'll say, I'll say mine first. I basically already said it. I'm going to go 1-1. Um, I feel we're going to get a goal from a set piece. They've basically been doing that all season. I think their main striker, Sam Vokes, is both his goals coming from headers this season. And um, we're probably we're probably due to concede one set piece. We've been so 
got good basically from them all season that I think would do. Uh, and Wickham could easily um, expose that. But I also think we've got goals in us, obviously. You know, we've got the highest exchange in the league, one of the highest goals scored. Uh, a certain team, we're playing a few weeks of pretty high up there as well. We're not going to mention them. Um, but yeah, listen, I'd be very surprised if we were kept up at Wickham and I'd be very surprised if we kept out Wickham. So I think 1-1 is a fair result and another good result, quite frankly, and uh, keeping us high up the league. So, uh, Joe, what do you reckon? I've got 1-1. Do you reckon we'll get the three points? Um, I've got Wickham to score, but I've got us to score two. So I've gone for 2-1. Um, I think the main concern for me in terms of Wickham is we know how dangerous Gareth McCleary is and he's scored quite a few goals himself, but I think it's we saw in the Charlton game in the first half how down that uh, left-hand, our left-hand side, their right-hand side, Jai Simi was having a little bit of joy. Um, and so I just hope Lewington and Harvey, they've really got to make sure that they're nice and tight because I, I think Obita on the left-hand side versus Kyoso or Watson, I think that that is something which we're able to cope with okay. But the only thing I'd, you know, like I say, Gareth McCleary, his experience has been around the block. Um, so I just think that, that that battle on the left-hand side against whether it be Lewington or Harvey, I think that's just one thing we've got to win because I think that could be key in terms of how the game goes. Um, I think they've got a goal in them. I think that, you know, they are a dangerous side, as we said, but I'd back us to score one or two against any team in this league so uh, let's uh, let's keep it up let's uh, long may it continue yeah completely agree can't argue with that to be honest um, Ross are you thinking on similar lines as Joe I, I think I'm a being a bit too optimistic for this game I, I back us to keep a clean sheet um, I just feel we're getting better and better at uh, defending as a unit especially against these physical teams we saw it at Accrington um, Ihora Darling Louis all rose to his challenge. And I just think, I just feel like the defence will step up yet again. Every time they've been asked to step up, they have. And um, yeah, I'm going with a 2 0 win. Um, I, I just feel, as you say, Liam, we, we're scoring goals for fun at the moment. And I do feel like we can hurt any any team in this league. Um, yes, it's Wickham, but we're also three, I think it's three unbeaten at home now. And I just feel a lot of teams struggle to get anything from Stadium MK. And I'm hoping it's the same on Saturday. I think yeah, it's three wins in a row. It is, yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. Let alone, yeah. Yes. Yeah, three wins, two clean sheets in a row at home. I hope to make it four and three on Saturday. And they continue to make Stadium K the fortress. It has to be realistically if we want to do anything really good this season. Okay. Thank you for listening to the latest episode of the MK1 podcast. As always, it'd be excellent if you could rate, review and subscribe. And as always, come on, you dons. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 
And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.